There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Something for you today. Listen, if you missed this word today, it's because you just dead. Stop using my air. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? I said, do you hear what I'm saying to you? Y'all ready to get into this word today? Good morning, Harvest. Good afternoon. Good evening. <laughs> Lift your Bibles high. I'm ready to get right into it. Let's make our faith confession together. This is... I'm not just a hearer of the word. I am a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind Hallelujah. Remain standing. Go to Exodus chapter 14. We welcome those at every campus today. Once again, we're excited that you're here. We're excited that y'all press through the Colorado weather. I guess we can't really call this inclement because it's normal, I guess. Uh, Inclement is relative, I suppose. Exodus chapter 14, y'all got it? Y'all ain't saying nothing. Exodus chapter 14, y'all got it? Look at the neighbor and say, talk to him. So we're going to try this one more again. Y'all got it? All right, now get down to verse 13. Now this is one of them messages where I don't even know how far I'm going to be able to get. So we'll just stop when I'm done. Look at verse 13. And Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. <laughs> he said, quit acting scared. Listen, they say, you act too scary. Uh, 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 say, in other words, he said, stop all that. Look, look at somebody, just tell them like that. Say, stop all that. Look at the other one, say, shut your mouth. But you got to say it like you're from the country like that. Say, shut your mouth. Uh-huh. Look what he said. Stand still and see. Look, look at your neighbor and say, God's going to make you see this one. And 
and see the salvation of the Lord, which will he accomplish for you when? Today. Now, this ain't for everybody right here. But for some of y'all, it's some stuff before this day is over. It ain't for everybody, but those who it's for, it's for you. Before I check out of December the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2013, it's going to be some stuff that's handled. It's some stuff that ain't coming with me tomorrow. It's some hell I ain't putting up with tomorrow. That ain't for everybody. Look, look. He said, which he will accomplish for you when? Y'all apparently still got the problem, so I'm going to give you one more game. When is he going to accomplish it for you? For the hell you see today. Whatever. For the Egypt, maybe y'all are going to say something because they ain't saying nothing over there. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Preach to myself because apparently I ain't got a church here with me today. I'm going to say it to you one more time. He said the Egyptians word Egypt means confined. It means average. It means regular. It means yesteryear. It means generationally cursed. It means jacked up and messed up. It means issue after issue. He said the issues you see today. Can, can, can the rest of y'all that don't want to hear nothing please go sit in the vestibule because the rest of us are getting ready to see God do some stuff today. So for the rest of y'all please go out there and watch on the screens. Please, 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 please. He said, he said, the hell you looking at today, you shall see again no more. Not until next year at the same time. Not, not, not until, no, no, he said forever. And when the book says forever, he means forever. But look, it gets better. Look at verse 14. Because some of y'all said, Bishop, I'm just so tired. Well, look, I got a good news for you. I got the good news up for you. The Lord is going to fight for you. And you, look at your neighbor and say, you. Here's your instruction. Hold your peace. Listen, I'm just trying to figure out. I ain't nobody asked you to do all that. Listen, I'm just so stressed. Ain't nobody asked you all that. Because the Lord is going to fight. Say your name. Uh-huh, he's fighting for you. And all you got to do is hold your peace. Father, speak now in this house. I decrease that you might increase. Speak to us with clarity, no ambiguity from this moment forward. I thank you, Father, that you would use these human lips, this human clay, and you would speak through them divinity, Father, that as I speak, Father, that it would literally penetrate to the spirits and the souls of those that are under the sound of my voice. And I pray that today, those who got enough faith, those who say, I just believe the word of God. If God be God, then let us serve him. For those, I pray that they would see great victory not tomorrow but the book said today uh, not tomorrow but the book said today not not Tuesday the book says today not Wednesday the book says today not Thursday but the book says today 
And we thank you that it is so. In Jesus' name. High five, two or three people as you take your seats. Tell them the valley of the Red Sea. The valley. Ah. We are in our series now through the valley, which is the series that is carrying us through uh, to literally into the end of this particular Gregorian uh, calendar year. Today, we're going to take a scalpel uh, through what happened to the children of Israel when it looked like everything was finally okay. <laughs> Let your neighbor say, say, this is for you. See, please understand, please understand. After 10 plagues in Egypt and after Pharaoh finally let the children of Israel go and after overnight when they went from being slaves to becoming rich, all of a sudden now they got to deal with this. See, the valley of the Red Sea is a valley that's sometimes seen after great victories in your life. How did God go through all of that to get you out of Egypt and now you're dealing with this? Is there anybody in here that's ever been in that kind of a moment, this valley of the Red Sea, where you're saying, God, how did we come through all of this and now I got to deal with this mess now I got to deal with that hell how did I have such a great experience at church today and now I got to deal with this mess and with this bugaboo and with this fool and with this y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me fine I'll preach to myself the valley of the Red Sea is a valley you face after you have a great victory often no no watch this watch this this. (laughs) Moses and the children of Israel in Exodus 14 have just walked out of Egypt rich They plundered the Egyptians. They plundered their enemies. And they saw their God literally turn the heart of a king whichever way it pleased him. They they saw plagues. They saw great wonders. They saw great signs. They saw all of these great things. And they're marching out of Egypt and they're singing, y'all. Could you imagine what they were singing? I mean, you're just talking about we have overcome, not we shall. I mean, could you you imagine the songs they were singing? Everybody was shouting. Everybody had tambourines. Everybody was making noise because they're saying look at what the Lord has done for us and right in the middle of them celebrating what the Lord had done for them all of a sudden now this They were finally becoming faithful. They were finally becoming consistent. They were finally making some progress. They finally thought that things really are turning for my good. They've been singing it's working for my good. And now it finally looks like it's working for my good. And now they're standing uh, with the sea on one side and Pharaoh on the other side. Check this out. They have the potential of their promise in front of them. But they have the presence of their past behind them. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. They, They got great potential in front of them. And yet behind them they got their past taunting them and trying to tell them you ain't gonna make it you you this ain't gonna work for you who do you think you are but I got some people in this place that say I've been through too much to turn back now I've come way too far to turn back now I don't know how he's gonna do it but I know that I know that I know that I be seated so here we are we're going with the scaffold Exodus 14 1 now the Lord spoke to Moses saying speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi Haroth between Migdal and the sea opposite Baal Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. Now look, look at me. They went where God told them to go and did what he told them to do. Yet they encounter trouble. Hear me, do not think that when it's God's will, that means it's easy. That's why God, when he prayed, 
when he was in the flesh, I feel like preaching today. I, I ain't preached at this church in seven and a half years. I've been just laying foundation. But if y'all don't help me, I think I might preach today. I, I feel it in me. Touch your neighbor say he feels this one today. I've I just been laying foundation trying to get us on the same page for seven and a half years. But today, this bishop feels like preaching today. Moses, they, they did exactly what they were told to do, and they were exactly where they were supposed to be, and not this mess. <laughs> you hear me? Don't think that when it's God's desire that it will be without complications. One of the worst things you could ever tell somebody is if God wants you to do it, he's going to make it happen. <laughs> who, who said that? Did he say that? Because they were exactly where they were supposed to be. And it's hard as Hades. For those of you not familiar with what the word Hades means, it's a Greek word for hell. I'll warm it up. I'll get to the real one there just after a while. Just give me about 10 minutes. Now look at, the, look at me, y'all. They were at this place called Pi Hehiroth. It, literally, it means the mouth of freedom. Watch this. Sometimes trouble doesn't mean you're in the wrong place or doing the wrong thing. Sometimes trouble means finally you're doing the right thing and finally you're at the right place. They were at the mouth of freedom and they could see freedom on one end but they saw bondage on the other end. You, you have been somewhere where you, you can see the promise but you see your bondage and you're a bit befuddled because you're trying to figure out well which one am I going to get because I'm so used to bondage I'm so used to average I'm so used to it not working and so God I see promise but I'm used to mess but I got a word for somebody today. God says if you receive this today you ain't going to have to worry about your problems because this day somebody shout this day Here it is, verse 3, we're taking a scalpel to it. Verse 3, for Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, now this is, this is God talking, they are bewildered, watch this, by the land. <laughs> what land? Freedom. They scared of conquering because they've been conquered for so long. He said, he said, he said, Pharaoh's going to say they are bewildered by the land. Watch this. And that their wilderness has closed them in. <laughs> you, you know the stuff you used to say? Seemed like I take one step forward. And then I'd get. And then, and then here's what you're saying. You call yourself being spiritual. It's always something. Look at me. Look at me. The valley of the Red Sea starts out trying to bewilder you. Pharaoh suggested that they were overwhelmed and in their bewilderment, they give up. Watch this. There are some situations you faced, hear me, that the situation hoped you'd fail. And there are some situations you faced that the situation hoped you'd stop. But the situation didn't anticipate you hearing this word. Because the situation thought a little two-degree weather was going to stop you. 
See, I don't know about you, but, but I've made a commitment to myself. I made a commitment to myself, please understand, that regardless of, of the different things and the trials and tribulations I got to deal with, I made a commitment to myself to wake up. Yeah. This is what you mean. I'm going to be the kind of man that when I get up, Satan says, he got up again. I didn't stop him yesterday. I didn't make him quit yesterday. I threw everything I had at him and he just won't die. Hell no, I ain't going to die. You know why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is. I wish you touch your neighbor and say, I'm going to wake up again. I'm going to wake up again. When, when I put my feet on the side of my bed, it is my taunt to the enemy. <laughs> Say, I got up again, sucker. I got up again, partner. Every time I get up here and take this mic, I'm saying to him, you didn't stop me this week. You didn't stop me this week. Had to deal with some rough stuff, but you didn't stop me this week. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Every time you wake up in the morning and you got strength in your body, you just got to say, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. I may not have it figured out, but that didn't work. I may not know how it's going to happen, but that didn't work. Pharaoh said, I'm going to bewilder them. I'm going to wear them down. I'm going to wear them down and wear them down and wear them down and every time they think they got a breather I'm going mm. and every time they think I got a mm. he said I'm going to bewilder them because the wilderness has closed in on them watch this verse 4 then I will harden now check this out check the change God says I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart now this is a trip because we look at Satan or excuse me Pharaoh as perhaps the personification of Satan, the enemy. But notice, God says, watch this, I run him. God says, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Watch this. Which means he doesn't have a choice of how he feels. I'll determine how he feels. Could it be that some of what you've been dealing with, God says, I'm doing something that's bigger than you right now. And could it be that God says, I just got you in the middle of something I'm working on. And I'm working on simultaneous projects at the same time. Because God says, watch this. I'm going to harden that fool's heart. And he's going to actually think to try to come after you. Watch this and look what God says. But I'm working on something. Touch your neighbor and say, God's working on something. He says, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army. Watch this. He said, Moses, you know I'm God. He said, but that fool don't. So what I'm getting ready to do is I'll harden his heart so that all the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. God's working on two things right now. He wrote so you see it from your angle, but God sees it from omni, all angles. God says, well, you see this, I'm working on that, and I'm working on that, and I'm working on that. So watch this, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is, uh, from verse 4. You said, what's the point? Hear me. The Lord, you, you better hear me, is playing your enemies. They are not in control. They are not winning. 
Let me say, Bishop, I don't have a they, I have a it. It is not in control. It is not winning. Your God is so bad, he says, I'm playing them. Let me translate, because some of y'all don't know what play means. I ain't talking about kid and play. The Lord says, the Lord says, I'm so incredible, I'm using them to accomplish something over them and to accomplish something for you. I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. Say, my enemies. Say it like me. Say, my enemies are not winning. They are not in control. They're getting played. Verse 5, we're taking a scalpel. We're just peeling layer by layer. Are you still here? Verse 5, now it was told through the king of Egypt that the people had fled in the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this, that, that we have let Israel go from serving us? Now, it's interesting because it says, uh, and then somebody told uh, uh, the king of Egypt that the people fled. Well, he was the one who gave the decree for them to go. So watch this. Look at, look at the Lord playing them. So, so the Lord, look at this. His, his heart is turned against the people. The Lord said, because well, I got it like that. He says, why have we done this that we let Israel go from serving us? All of a sudden he's saying, why, why did I give that up? Yeah, look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also, he took 600 choice chariots. Look, look, look at somebody say, he wants to fight. Uh-huh, this is one of them fights he had time to prepare for. He, 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 he didn't just bring his chariot. He brought 600. Look what the Bible says, choice chariots. That means he brought the Rolls and the Bentleys and stuff. He brought the big, but you, you understand. He brought the Lamborghinis and the stuff. You probably, y'all ain't saying nothing. He brought the best stuff. And, and watch this. And all the uh, uh, chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. Look at verse 8. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. That's the neighbor say he was getting played. So that he pursued the children of Israel. But check this out. But the children of Israel went out with boldness. Now, this is interesting because from first glance, boldness just, you know, you get uh, these ideologies in your mind of, well, they were bold. They just, they just stood fast and they just stood. That's not what it means. The word bold here in the original language means, watch this, they went out with lifted hands. Now, now watch this. This is simple, but don't miss it. When you're facing the valley of the Red Sea, don't trip. Just worship. Don't be slow. I said when you're facing the valley of the Red Sea, God says my definition of boldness is not you saying how great you are. My definition of boldness, watch this, is that even in your emotional befuddlement and confusion, that I need you to just lift your hands and I just need you to worship because watch this, emotionally it was so hard for them to worship that the Bible calls it bold. You have been in a moment where it was hard to even say thank you, Jesus. You have been in a moment where it was hard to say hallelujah. You ever had so much bewilderment going on around you that you just said, Lord, I want to worship, but I don't even know what to say. I'm here to tell you, baby, be bold. That means when you're facing the Red Sea, come out with your... If you've ever been surrounded and a house has been surrounded by the police officers, they always tell you, listen, we've got weapons drawn out here and we need you to come out with your hands. I just need somebody at this church to take that says, I don't understand it all, but I'm coming out with my hands. 
So literally, 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 they're facing Pharaoh's on this side, the sea's on this side. The Bible says, come out with your hands up. Here's what that means. Lifted hands is not just a form of worship. Listen to me. It's a sign of surrender. You know your problem? Is you overestimate your, your decision-making ability. You think that the good decisions you made, you made. You think you have something to do with your success. You think you got something to do with the reason you're still here. What you don't understand is it was some twins that were following you. And you didn't even know they were back there. They, they, you know their names. Goodness and mercy were following you all the day. They were the ones cleaning up your stupid decisions. They were the ones cleaning up your... Touch your neighbor and say, surrender. The reason it's so hard for you is because you won't surrender. You keep fighting God, and if you keep fighting him, you will find out you will fail. No man has ever battled against God and won. Touch your neighbor say, surrender. The old church say, he said like this, just give God a... Oh my God. Just give God a yes. Oh my God. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the old church, they used to say, just give God a yes. Oh, wait a minute. I was trying to preach, but got to go back to foundation. All right. I'm going to try one more again. I'm going to be bold. In the old church, they used to say, just give God a yes. Okay. Because please understand, you learned last week that you can give him your no, and you can try to hold on to a little bit all you want. And God says, well, what else you want me to take? What else you want to lose? What else you want? What, what, what you want to do? I got all eternity. You got a few years. And they're numbered. Touch your neighbor and say, surrender. surrender. And when you surrender, I think Cece said it like this. I surrender Oh, okay, now y'all get with it, okay. Touch your neighbor and say, surrender everything. See, you got parts of you that you keep trying to control. And God says, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. You're going to give me everything. Touch your neighbor and say, he wants it all. Look, look, y'all still here? We're taking a scalpel. <laughs> it, it was so hard for them to worship. And I've had, I've had those moments. Where you just like God, I just can I just can we just have quiet time? <laughs> Apparently, I need to sit, come down here, cause. And then you'll try to use scriptures. <laughs> the Lord is in His holy temple. Let the earth be silent. So, Lord, can we have quiet time? I just love Jesus in my heart. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? You ever had that moment? Where you clearly felt the prompting to pray and you were like, can we just have quiet time? You clearly know you needed to worship. Can we just have quiet time? I found something out about God. He normally wants to talk when you don't want to. Where you're like, God, can we just, just, can we just look at each other? He's like, no, I want to talk. I want to talk about everything right now. 
I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that failure. I want to talk about that mistake. I want to talk about that insecurity. I want to talk about this. Ooh, and I want to talk about that too. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. I saw that. I want to talk about that too. Just let him say he wants to talk. And tell him he wants to talk right now. You hear? We're taking a scalpel. We're almost through. Verse 9. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh. So now that tells you Pharaoh threw everything he had. Can I tell you why you ought to be shouting? It's because everything he had, that sucker's already used. I wish somebody on the internet campus would tweet me that you're getting it. I can see your tweets. Pharaoh came at them with everything. And even his best still wasn't good enough. Can I suggest to you that the worst might just be over? Because he already used everything that he, he tried messing with your finances. He tried messing with this. He tried everything he had he already used. Look, and chariots of Pharaoh, verse 9, his horsemen, watch this though, y'all, and his army. The, the previous verses tell us that he sent 600 choice chariots and the captains. So now we know we got at least 601 chariots if you include Pharaoh's chariot. But look, not only did his chariots come, not only did his horsemen come, but watch this, and his army came. Now, the Bible doesn't even take the time to give us a number so we can quantify how great his army was. But we do know from historical precedent that Egypt at the time was one of the greatest nations on the face of the planet. So please understand, we do understand that, that they had a big army. Touch your neighbors, it was a big one. And overtook them camping by the sea, or by the sea, beside the mouth of freedom. Pharaoh didn't throw everything he had at them until they were at the mouth of freedom. I'm just trying to help some of y'all understand where you are on the map. Because <laughs> some of you think you're way back here and, you, and you're so foolish you don't even realize you're way over here. Pharaoh threw everything he had at them, y'all, when they were by the mouth of freedom. He threw everything he had at them when, watch this, when they were just about free. He threw everything he had at them when the financial breakthrough was just about getting ready to manifest. God, I wish I had a church here. That's okay. <laughs> he, 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 he threw everything he had, y'all, just when they were building their esteem. He threw everything he had just when they were building back their confidence. He threw everything he had at the mouth of freedom. Okay. All right. Verse 10. I can see I got to go back to foundation. Maybe I'll be able to preach next week. Verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes. Check this out. Touch your neighbor and say, uh-oh. 
Now they're sitting in the mouth of freedom. They think it's going to be so good. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try to get my new house. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Ooh, and when I get my new job, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Ooh, my God. I'm going to get this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. They got pictures. They went and did this and get that and all that and all that. And they just, oh my God, this is going to be wonderful. And then all of a sudden, they turn their head and there's like, they lifted their eyes. Watch this. And I like the Bible. And behold. The Egyptians marched after them. They had on some boots. And they marched after them. Watch this, y'all. So they were. Now, wait a minute. Look at me. A few days earlier, they left rich. A few days earlier, they were bold. A few days earlier, they didn't think anything could stop them. A few days earlier, they gave God a yes. They surrendered. They lifted their hands. But they saw something. But they saw something. And when they saw it, the book says they were very afraid. Not just afraid. Not just fearful. But the book says they were very afraid. And so the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Look at me. Fear gripped them because of what they perceived through their senses. Scripture says it like this. We walk by faith, not by sight. Sight there is better interpreted as senses. You you know what causes you issues? Your senses. You were fine with what you had until you saw what somebody else had. Your senses. You believed the word until you saw a little mess, and now all of a sudden, your senses. And can we be honest? It's difficult not to walk by senses because we were created to be sensual beings driven by our senses. So it's, it's real difficult. I, and please understand, so I, I know this isn't just real easy to say, but I just need you to catch it. Touch your neighbor and say, catch this. Yes. Touch them and tell them, say, catch this. Yes. You, you, they saw something. They saw a bill. And they saw it before church. They saw that there was some stuff in them that, that they didn't quite understand. And now all of a sudden, they're very afraid. At the mouth of freedom, but scared of their past. At the mouth of freedom, but scared of what's marching after them. At the mouth of freedom, but they're very afraid. And you know what I love about the Lord? The Lord says this to them. Do not be afraid. Now, can we have a real serious conversation between you and I? If God is all-powerful, omnipotent, all-powerful, potency, power. If God is omnipowerful, all-powerful, if he's omniscient, all-knowing, if he is omnipresent everywhere, question, why didn't he just take the fear? If he healed it, blinded eyes, healed it. Good God Almighty. Because I had to switch from preaching mode to foundation mode. So I'm not taking responsibility. I'm going to act like church folk. It's your fault. I ain't taking responsibility for nothing. It's you. If he had healed it, that's real old church. That's, that's backwoods, you know. Kill a gator, cook it after church, old church. Hear me, y'all. 
if he could take a woman's issue who had an issue for 12 long years and if she could touch the hem of his garment the zit zit of his garment as a rabbi if, 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 he, if, if he could do that why couldn't he just take fear why couldn't they just say Lord thank you for taking this fear off of me this blessed holy day Selah you don't think that's a good question I think that's an incredible question side note the quality of questions you ask determine the quality of life that you live Ask better questions, live better quality of life. Um, watch this. Why didn't he just take the fear? Why didn't he just say, fear be gone. I am the Lord. And beside me, there is no other. You know, I think God talks like James Earl Jones. You deliberately disobeyed me. I think, I think if we were to hear it from heaven, it's kind of sound like James Earl Jones. Mufasa? What, what in the world? Simba? Rafiki, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I am the Lord. Why didn't he take the fear, y'all? He, he can do it. Why, 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 didn't he, why didn't he just say, okay, I know it's going to be tough. I'll do it. Here it is. Watch this. He said, do not be afraid. Listen, which means it's a choice. Not a fact. I like the way the movie uh, uh, with Will Smith, what's it, After Earth? Because I, I taught a whole message on it because uh, uh, I like the movie a lot. Oh, I says, uh, here's what he said. He said, danger is real. Fear is a choice. Hear me, y'all. Hear me, y'all. God didn't take the fear. I heard somebody over there say they had to, watch this, listen to this. They had to choose not to choose it. Your neighbor didn't hear what I said. God said, I'm not taking the fear. You're going to have to choose not to choose the fear. I'm not negating that what you're facing looks big. I'm not negating that what you're facing looks tough. What I'm telling you is choose right. I'm not saying if you trust you might be hurt. I'm not saying if you step out on faith that you might not fail. I'm not saying that if you step out on water it won't be a storm. What I'm telling you is you better choose right. <laughs> Say I choose not to choose fear. Fear, fear is, fear is crazy, y'all. Because fear will have you sitting in your house rocking back and forth looking like Rosemary's baby or something. And just... Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And the truth is, you don't even really know what you're scared about. You just know that you're scared. And I think the Lord gave me a way to deal with this. I like scary movies, and I know some Christians think you shouldn't see them. You do what's right for you. If that's where your faith is, then don't look at them. For me and my house, we watch the scariest of the movies. You do what you got to do. I'm going to do what I got to do. <clears throat> well, Bishop, you're just letting all that evilness in your house. No, you cussing and acting a fool and lying and gossiping, that's letting evilness in your house. So let's just make sure we point them fingers right. That Lil Wayne you was listening to is letting all that evilness in your house. That, that's the evilness. 
Because Wheezy ain't got nothing from the scriptures. I'm just telling you right now. Oh, y'all, y'all, you better say something to me. I ain't never scared. I chose not to choose. Hear me. Fear will have you. Can, can I tell you something? Uh, recently, I, I, was, I, was, I was just dealing with some different things, and, and, and I, could, I, could, I could feel fear. I felt it. I woke up and, you know, I said, I've got up again, sucker. And I, you know, I'm setting my day in order. And later on in the day, I could feel fear. And it began to hurt my neck. You know, I was like, my neck and my back. I was like, I don't know what. I thought this was a Christian church. I was like, God, I got to get up and walk around the building because I, got me all tensed up here and I said I guess I can take an Advil or something I don't know I do I could feel it watch this to where it tried to alter my body y'all remember that movie uh Green Lantern the the the, the remake or whatever the the recent one and remember the, the big head of fear? I don't know what his name was. What's his name? Come on, don't be acting like that. Half y'all still read comic books. What's it? <laughs> the yellow, Mr. Fear, big head. Parallax. Parallax! There it is. Thank you, son. Parallax. Now, notice his name. Parallax. Paralyzed. Prefix is the same. In other words, fear tries to tell you, just relax. I'll take care of you. Be scared with me. Be fearful with me. I got you. I got you. I got you. And then fear sometimes becomes comfort. I'm going to help somebody today. I said, I'm going to help somebody today. And so here's the reality. You hate the fear, but the fear has sweet talked you. Come on, baby. Let's talk. How you doing? I'll give you the sun, the moon, the rain, the stars. I'll give you everything and more. All that I got is yours. And you sitting up here listening to fear. That's right. Hmm. Okay. For real? What? Touch your neighbor and say, I choose. Not to choose fear. Here it is. Watch this. Verse 11. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Listen, they're complaining about coming out of what they asked for 400 years to come up out of. For 400 years, they said, get us out of this, get us out of this, get us out of this. Then God's like, boom, I'm going to get you out. Then now they start complaining about being brought out of what they complained about being in. You said, Lord, I want to be financially free. So God is like, well, we got to go through a little hell to get there. But I'm getting you to what you asked me for. What you asked for? for? Eat that banana. You better eat that banana. Look at the neighbor and say, what you asked for? for? Why'd you ask to be blessed? Why'd you ask to be prosperous? Why'd you ask to break those curses? What you asked for? for? Touch your neighbor and say, eat that banana. If you don't know what that is, get last week's tape. Or last week's CD. 
last to be the interruption in your bloodline. Well, to be the interruption, that means you got to do what none of them fools ever did. Look at verse 12. Is this not the word? Look at this, y'all. Watch this. I'm going to help you. I told you I don't know how far I'm going to be able to get. Verse 12. Is this not the word we told you in Egypt? In in other words, they're saying, even though we said we wanted to be free, didn't we say it wasn't going to work? Didn't we say it, nothing ever good happens for us? Didn't we say that? We told, see, we t- Moses, this is your fault because we told you in Egypt. God, this is you. You did this to us, God. We told you. Told you so. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. What's so crazy is they weren't in the wilderness. They mislocated themselves. They were at the mouth of freedom, not in the wilderness. Can I tell your neighbor something? This is for your neighbor. You're not in the wilderness, baby. You're at the mouth of freedom. You're at the mouth of freedom. You're at the mouth of freedom. Check your map. Check your navigation system, partner. You're at the mouth of The other day, my thing was navigate me to go somewhere and, uh, and, you, you know, as, I was, as it was navigating me, I was going, and, uh, and, and it didn't tell me that I had arrived at my destination. So, you know, I'm just, I, I mean, I listen to her. I follow her faithfully. She tells me to turn right. I says, I'm turning right. I listen to what she say. And so, she was telling me, she said, she said, make the right. I made the right. And then I'm just driving, driving, yeah, yeah. And I'm driving. And as I'm driving, she didn't say, oh, we're there. So we went past it, and look what she said. Make a U-turn. It's slow over here. Maybe y'all gonna give it. She, she said, she said, I didn't tell you you were there because I thought you'd know it when you saw it. So you went past it now, make a U-turn. I wish somebody would just by faith just turn like you got an old Cadillac DeVille and just say by faith, I making a U-turn. I, I didn't even realize I was there. I, I... Do it by faith. Do it by faith. Do it by faith. You see that she, she, she said make a U-turn. She said you passed your destination. She said it, it was right back there. I thought you knew what freedom looked like. I thought you knew what the blessing looked like. I thought you knew that trouble was an indication of greatness. I thought you knew that opposition was opportunity. I thought you knew that. Look, y'all still here? Do it again by faith. Just make it, just do it by faith. Watch this. Look at this. Verse 12. Is this not the word we chose in Egypt saying, let us alone and we may serve the Egyptians? It would be better us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Here's what the children of Israel were doing. They were like, God, we just saw you bring us out of 430 years of bondage bondage and we saw you take everything from the Egyptians and give it to us they were the rich taskmasters and we were their slaves and we went into their house and said I'm gonna need that necklace let me get that ring actually let me get both of them no, I'm gonna need both of them I'm gonna need both of them and then what you want son you what you want give him one of them things you put on your neck mm-hmm, with the line on it give him one of those uh huh, and the Sphinx. I want the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. No, that's okay. I'm gonna make it across later on. I want the Sphinx right now. <laughs> the Bible says they plundered the Egyptians. 
they took everything from them, y'all. And then here they are marching out. Ain't God good? Yes, he is. Ain't he all right? Yes, he is. Won't he make a way? Yes, he did. Won't he do it? Won't he do it, y'all? And so they marching out, they marching out, they marching out, they marching out. They saw God do all of that overnight. Touch your neighbor and say it was one night. They saw, they, they, they broke through stuff in themselves in one night. And all of a sudden now they're marching and they're at the mouth of freedom. And as they're at the mouth of freedom, all of a sudden now they're like, oh God, this is the big one. I got somebody that can tell you better than I could probably tell you how you've been acting about what you've been facing. They're going to play this for you right now. That's a verse, not a video. Give me my money. No, I said no. No, I want my money. I said no. I said no. Pop, now get out of here. Uh oh. Nah, you went and did it. I might need that money tonight. Oh, I've never had pains like this before. Oh, this is the worst one I ever had, son. Oh, it's the worst one. This is a big one. Maybe that's Elizabeth. That's how your neighbor been acting. Oh, this the big one. Oh, this the big one. Oh, I'm gonna die. Oh, this is it. That's how your neighbor. Touch your neighbor. Say, stop all that. It's funny how we can get scared of something much smaller than something we've already conquered. And sometimes when you enter the midst of trouble, you start thinking toxic thoughts. Well, it would have been better if this. It seems like this. It seems like that. And what you got to learn how to do is turn the toxic water hose off. Such a neighbor says, shut your mouth. And say it to them like that because they don't understand spiritual talk. They don't get that. Just talk to them street. Say, shut your mouth. Oh, they don't remember that. Look at me, y'all. We're almost through. When they faced an obstacle, they interpreted the obstacle as a reason to return to Egypt. Your neighbor has been misinterpreting the obstacles as excuses to go back to Egypt. And I need to tell you something. God says, if you want Egypt that bad, I'll let you die there. But I think you're even sick and tired of being sick and tired, about being sick and tired, about having been sick and tired. I think there's some folk in here that says, I realize he'll let me do it, but I don't even want Egypt no more. Verse 13, you okay? We're almost through. Verse 13, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. <laughs> Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which will really accomplish for you when? When? I said when. Say it again. Now, this is not for everybody, so I do not want everybody to respond to this. But for those of you who say, God, I, I got enough faith to just believe what you said. I need you to holler today louder than you've ever hollered in your life right now. Shout today. 
You said, Bishop, why am I hollering? So we can knock the hell up out your head? No, I literally mean you got some hell going on in your head that's trying to tell you, well, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. Shut the hell up in your head and not, it's going to happen. When? 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 I got to move. You okay? <laughs> Look at this. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more. And I like what, what Moses says, forever. Look, look at this. Look at me. Look at me, Horace. Moses makes a decree even though he can't see what the end will be. Moses makes a decree. You, listen, when you're, when you're a leader, sometimes you understand you got to lead the troops. So when you lead the troops, sometimes you, you can't get in front of the troops and say, I don't know. I think I, we got a lot of military folk in the church that, that you understand, if, especially if you were in combat, you, you, your, your commanding officer couldn't come to you and be like, so what are we going to fight? I don't know. He probably have mutiny and all kind of stuff on his hand. Yeah. Like, well, since you don't know, psh, bye, we know. You still here? So sometimes, sometimes when, you, when, you're the, when, you, when you're the commanding officer, sometimes, sometimes, watch this, even when you don't know, you got to trust who you're following enough to say, well, if he knows, I'm cool with him knowing because I don't know. Moses makes a decree even though he does not know what the end will be. Harvest, your pastor is making a decree to you today that I may not know what the end's going to be in your specific situation, but I can tell you this, for the Egyptians whom you see today, You will see again no more. Forever. He, say he makes a decree. Check this out, y'all. Moses didn't really know what was getting ready to go down because Moses had never seen. Y'all be seated. Moses had never really seen. I'm almost through. I had to go back to foundation. I would have been done 15 minutes ago had y'all let me preach, but I had to go back to foundation land. So that's all right. That's cool. We good. Everything's well. All is well. We all right? Well, I says, Moses didn't know God could stretch no sea. He'd never seen it done before. Just like Moses didn't know that God could turn a river into blood. But he saw him do it. Just like he didn't know that God could send a plague that would hit every other house except the Hebrew's house. But he watched him do it. See, can I suggest to you that what you're scared of, you've already watched him do greater? You already watched him get you through when you didn't have no money. You say you ain't got nothing now, but the truth is there was a day when you really had nothing. Uh -huh. But he got you through then. And you may have been eating peanut butter and jelly and pork and beans, but you learned how to love your peanut butter and jelly. And, and you may have been getting cheese from the government, but you just realized it makes the best grilled cheese sandwiches in the world. You may have been... I think I got a few folks that know something about cornflakes where the box is white and the writing is black and it tells you these are corned flakes. You already watched him get you out of that. You watched him get you out of roach-infested houses. You watched him do great things already. You already watched him do that.
Moses makes a decree and he does not know what the end will be. So you know what he does? He, he uses a principle we find in Romans 4. Don't flip there. I'll tell you what it says. I'll paraphrase verses 16 through 18. He says, basically, Abraham said, uh, I don't really know how God going to do this. He said, but the Lord calls things that be not as though they were. Can I tell you essentially what God gives you the permission to do? God says, I give you permission to look at the suit, which is clearly burgundy. And I give you permission to say that's a black suit. God says, I give you permission to look at the hell you facing and say, that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. That, I give you permission to look at your bank account and say, I've never seen more money in my life because I'm calling things that be not as though they Seven years ago when there were seven people on the second week when we had church, I preached like it was 7,000 and I've been calling things that be not as though they were. When I had to face Judas's head on, I said, but he's sending me some faithful ones and he's sending me some loyal ones and he's sending me some sons and he's sending me some daughters. I call things. When I wasn't driving what I wanted to drive, I call things that were not as though. I wish I had a church here. You may be on the bus right now, but just say, I thank God for my new car. Because I'm calling things that be not as I know you feel depressed, but say I got more joy now than I've ever had. I know you don't feel like you can make it, but tell What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? Now y'all coming. <laughs> Took you a little while, but you're getting there. What's this? Look at the neighbor and say, call things that be not as though they were. See, I know you want to be a size six. And right now it's like six times six. But just when you look at yourself in the mirror and say, ooh-wee, you surely is fine. You sure look good. I'm going to sump you up with a biscuit. Oh. Mm-hmm. I wish I had some folk in here. I, I know, fellas, you're trying to get plackety-plow, 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 and right now you just got plow. But I'm here to tell you, just look at yourself and say, you sure is a... Have your own fashions. Just... I know your kids acting crazy right now, 
But just say, ooh, you sure going to be preaching, ain't you? And you sure going to be serving God, ain't you? And you going to be powerful, ain't you? I got I to I take us a little further. Can I take us a little further? Moses called things that were not as though they were. I, I know your self-esteem has been beaten down so much that, that, that you can't even muster up the courage to say nothing good about you. I'm talking to somebody, but you better hear me. You better look in the mirror and call things that be not as though they were. Can, 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 I, can I take this a little further? And some of you, Bishop, I just feel like I'm lying. Well, listen, let's be honest. You do have some lying things going on from before, but this here is Bible. It's funny how you want to follow protocol now. <laughs> You want to be in order and righteous now. <laughs> but when you was lying the other day, you didn't care nothing about no. Oh, you go, don't look at me like that. I'm not that kind of preacher. I will come off the stage and give you a big old hug and look at you and call things that be not. <laughs> I know your business ain't going the way you want for it to go. <laughs> but you got to call things that be not. As though they were. Which means it's not, Lord, this is messed up, but you can do it. That ain't the book. The book says, Lord, you've done it. Because I'm calling things that are not. See, watch this. If, see, there's some folks that laid some offering stuff on the, on the, on the, on the stage here. And watch this. Uh, watch this. Uh, uh, it's easy for me to say there's some offerings on the stage. Why? Because I see them. You see? You, you see them? Y'all see them too? They're on a computer. Or what's this, this camera here? Now look, that's easy. But now, come over here, camera. Come on. Ain't nothing right here. So the book says what I'm supposed to do is since I want that here, it ain't got nothing to do with what's here. I want that here. So since I want that here, what I do is speak here and say you're full of offerings. I'm just making an analogy. You follow what I'm saying? I call things that are not. As though, so I don't say, Lord, I just thank you because I know one day that ain't the book. The book says the stage is full of offerings. Now, ain't nothing right here. But the book says, say it is anyhow. Well, she so put something up there. What? 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 Now look. <laughs> well, this show is getting full of overnight. And he'll do exceedingly, abundantly. Can, 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 I, can I tell you why? I don't know how far I'm going to get. Can I just tell you why? Just, just let me tell you why. 
Because when you begin to call things that are not as though they were, you know who hears you? You. You. You hear you. And what happens is, can I teach you for just a moment? Your subconscious begins now to believe. Now, the way this happened, you think that was choreographed. It was not. When you start calling stuff that isn't as though it was, you hear yourself talking. And now faith speaks to faith. And now God speaks to God. And now it begins to manifest. When... How many of y'all, you got to go to work in the morning? Watch this. Because you know that, everything about your subconscious, which is really the place of your spirit, the real you, everything about you, listen to me, everything about you begins to plan around you having to go to work in the morning. So while you could stay up to 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning, your subconscious says go to sleep. Because your subconscious says we have an appointment to keep in the morning. The reason some of y'all are having issues and struggles is because you calling what it is, what it is. But you're not following the book. The book says, call what is not as though it was. Because when my spirit, my subconscious, when it hears me saying that I am rich, and it ain't all about money, because you can have money and be crazy. So I don't want to be just rich. I want to be shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Nothing broken. All is well. Then all of a sudden, my spirit begins to take actions that will bring to pass what I've been saying. Y'all sit down, just, just real, real quick. Just real quick. Just real quick. I know it's good. Man, I so wish y'all would have let me preach today. Look, 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 look. Uh, how many of y'all put your hand up again? You got to go work in the morning. Check this out. Your spirit, your subconscious has already begun to make plans for a day it has not yet seen. Some of you are already thinking about what you got to accomplish this week. You're already thinking about what I'm going to wear this week. You're already thinking about, hmm, I'm probably going to have to leave early because they say I'm supposed to do this again, do this again. It ain't going to be heating up until Wednesday, Thursday. No, no, no. Yeah, watch this. When you call things to be not as though they were, what Moses was doing was he was, watch this, he was giving himself permission to elevate himself. The boundaries you live in, you create it. So you got to be the one to lose them. Moses was giving himself permission. Moses said, Moses, listen, Moses didn't really know that. Because he didn't really know what God was getting ready to do. Because God never told him. So Moses gets, I need y'all to catch this. Are you catching this? So he says, he says to the children of Israel, don't be afraid. Now, the truth is, he probably scared himself. Because he's probably thinking, I didn't came way out here and brought these folk out here. And God, I told you I didn't want to do it in the first place. And now I'm way out here with these folk and all this. And now we're dealing with all this hell. And now you got to deal with this. I really probably don't know what you're doing. But he said, I ain't got time right now for that. See, can I tell your neighbor the problem? The reason they got a lot of time to be stressed out and the reason they got a lot of time to cry is because they ain't doing nothing. When you're doing, you're too busy to be crying. When you're doing, you're too busy to be isolated. Oh, my God, oh, my God. No, I'm doing something, man. I'm working on something. I literally have five minutes, so I need y'all to help me here. Say, I call things that be not 
as though they were. So Moses didn't really know. So he says this. Put the verse up 13. He says, do not be afraid. He's really probably helping himself. <laughs> he says, stand still. He's probably talking to himself too. He says, and see the salvation of the Lord. Yet Havafe, his covenant name, which he will accomplish for you when? Today. Notice he doesn't say us. He says you. In other words, I think Moses accidentally started saying out loud what he was saying to himself. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again. No more. How long? Forever. Here it is, verse 14. And I think verse 14 is probably going to be uh, where we got to hang it up. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel, keep it moving. I'm going to have to borrow from some of the previous messages in the series. Make it do. Y'all got a good church today. See, I was, y'all come on now. That's it. Hold your peace. Here's what it means. Now, here's what it means. This is, this is, this is probably where we're going to have to end. Hold your peace means this. At first glance, it's translated as be silent. So a lot of people will say that, but I'm just not going to say that. I'm just going to be silent and hold on to Jesus. And that used to bother me when I was on the other side. When I was sitting over there and not standing over here and preachers would get up and say stuff like that, that bothered me. I said, because what, what does that mean? Just hold on to the Lord's unchanging hand. Like, well, what does that mean? Where's hand at? Where's that? <laughs> Just trust the Lord. I said, well, what does that mean? Anybody else ever feel like, like, what are you talking about, man? Tell, give me some steps. Draw me a picture of hand and put it in my chair, and then I'll hold on to that hand. Give me some steps. Make this pragmatic. You sitting here talking in riddles and rhymes and parables. <laughs> at first glance, it's translated as be silent. But the root word is teharasum. Don't worry about trying to write that. Get the CD. In the Hebrew, here's what it means, church. It means plow without complaining. So let's, let's, reread, let's reread verse 14. The Lord will fight for you and you shall plow without complaining. I think I got to take us home right here. I know it's rough, and I know it hurts, and I know you can't figure it out, but the book says, hold your peace, plow, without complaining. I, and God is rough right through here, but I'm going to keep on plowing, and I'm not going to complain. I can't figure out how you're going to do it, but I'm going to keep on plowing. I got to be like those trucks that were missing on the highways this week. I got to plow without complaining and sometimes it's going to take all of my strength to take one more step but I did it and sometimes it's going to take one more step and one more step but I got to hold my peace I plow without complaining listen listen can you just a little bit more Moses listen y'all Moses Moses, God says in this verse, why do you cry to me? Here's what's interesting. Moses wasn't speaking to God. He was speaking. The scripture makes it look like he was speaking to the people. I think perhaps he was talking to himself and accidentally started talking out loud. <laughs> but God responded to what he said to the people. And God's response was move forward. Their question was really how? 
Because the sea is an impossibility. We've never seen you do this before. But in the words of the recently rewarded and promoted Nelson Mandela, it always seems impossible till it's done. You sitting in here today seemed impossible, but it's done. I gotta, I gotta get down to verse, I gotta get down to verse 26. Can I borrow just a few more minutes? Y'all need to let me know how much time I got, so I don't go to two CDs. Thank you. I know that's not good decorum, but I just need to get it right here. Verse 26. I'll have to finish the other verses. I'll paint them in some other day. Verse 26. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come back upon the Egyptians. So here's what happens. Moses stretches his hand. The, the, the winds have now stretched, uh, stretched the sea. The sea is parted, and the Lord dries the ground so that you can walk over it, which is an important distinction, which means God says there's details I'm concerned about you ain't even thinking about. They would have went through the mud, truth be told. God was like, but that's too dirty. I'm going to dry it up. And they walk through. And then all of a sudden, they're looking because Pharaoh, they start running after him. Y'all remember Ten Commandments? Yes, sir. And so now Pharaoh and them is coming after them. And, and they're coming and they're coming. And remember, it's Pharaoh, 601 chariots plus his army. And they're coming and they march it. I mean, they mad too. They're like, no, nah, you're going to give me my gold chain back. Ain't nobody going to take my gold chain. <laughs> Took my cornbread. I wanted my cornbread. You know, they marching. And as they're marching, Moses and the children of Israel, they get to the other side, but they're looking, they're like, but God, they're going to come over here now. And the Lord said, <laughs> check this out, Moses, verse 26, stretch out your hand, which is interesting. If I had time to teach it the way I wanted to teach it, the word stretch out your hand here, that phrase literally means be consistent. Yad, midad. It, 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 literally means, it, it literally means he was saying, he was saying, stretch out your hand, Moses. He was saying, be consistent, fool. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. Don't touch your neighbor. Say, be consistent. Be con and not consistent at the stupid stuff. Be consistent at the right stuff. He's, touch your neighbor. Say, be consistent at the right stuff. Be consistent at listening to your word. Be consistent at listening to them CDs. Be consistent to coming to church. Be consistent to praying. Be, be, touch your neighbor. Say, be consistent. The Lord literally said to Moses, stretch your hand. Be consistent. Time to teach that. He said, he said, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians and their chariots and their horsemen. Verse 27. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. He was consistent. And when the morning appeared, check this out. When the morning appeared, say the morning. morning. Say it again, say the morning. morning. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Look at your neighbor and say, God is overthrowing your enemies. You just had to go through it. Tell them, tell them, you had to go through it to get to it. This is the last part. This last part. I got to give you this part, though, because this is like the whole message. I, I didn't even know it was going to take this long. But remember, I'm not taking responsibility. I'm blaming you. Verse 28, then the waters returned and covered the chariots. By the way, there's still uh, physical evidence in the sea of the chariots. God said, I want you to know 5,000 years later, I killed them. 
kilt, I know it's not appropriate English. I'm just talking to you in a, uh, shall we say, a little bit relaxed vernacular. Uh, God said, I want you to know I killed them. 5,000 years later, them chariots still at the bottom of the ocean. See, I love God because while he's merciful, God got a little thug in him too. And I know that may not be good for you, but it's good for me. I like to know that if somebody mess with me, I got a God who... What you say about my son? What you say about my... What you... You ought to thank God that it's some stuff he killed. Here it is. Here it is. I'm through. Cover the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of the Pharaoh. How much of the army? All of it. See, God said, I want to kill all of it. Look at this. I got to move. That came into the sea after them. Look, look at this. Not so much as one of them remain. Now, look at me. Look at me, church. Look at me, church. I got to get this on the CD. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Red Sea, its translation is very interesting. Because the Bible, while it is telling us something that literally took place and literally happened, it's interesting because the translation of the words Red Sea, say Red Sea, Red sea. are these two words, Sufa and Sof. Say Sufa and Sof. In the Hebrew, here's what it literally means. I gave you a little bit of it several weeks ago, but here's what it literally means. It literally means the end of the storm and the storm is ending. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. It literally means at the same time, Red Sea, it literally means the storm is ending, but it's the end of the storm. Somebody saying, Bishop, I don't get it. You don't get it because you don't understand hurricanes because you lived in this landlocked state all your life. Let me make it real clear for you. And I've not actually been through a hurricane either, but I watch a lot of Weather Channel. Okay, so get it. The fourth quadrant, which is the last part of a hurricane, is the roughest, toughest, hardest part of the storm. But while it's the end of the storm, because it's the fourth quadrant of the storm, it is also the end of the storm. Let me say it like this. It may be rougher in your life than it's ever been. That's because it's about to end. When it's the roughest and when it's the toughest and when it's the hardest, God says that's the Red Sea. It's the fourth part of the storm, the hurricane. It comes around the eye. You okay? Okay, okay, okay. so we, we got to get this fast because y'all should be like throwing your chair, but don't do that now. But Boaz says, literally it means it is the fourth quadrant, the, the last part of the storm. Check this out. The eye passed over, and, and while the eye was there for a little bit, you had a little break. And you thought, okay, it's done. It's over. It's over. And then all of a sudden, the wind started again. You're like, what? What? That's what the children of Israel, they were, at, uh, they were at the Red Sea. They were at the end of the storm and the storm's ending. They, they were at both places at the same time. And so it looked peaceful, it looked good. And then all of a sudden, and the winds in the fourth quadrant blow the opposite direction than the winds in the first quadrant. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. 
They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.